Lord God, we just thank you. We thank you for church. We thank you for people we can do life with. And we thank you so much for this amazing book, this this wisdom, this text, this these words from you, Lord, that you've given to us to help us to do life well. In Jesus' name, amen. Proverbs, this has been heaps of fun. I've been really enjoying just going through with different people on Life Build Academy and just getting those gems of wisdom that are popping out. And, you know, people have different things. There's different things in everyone's world that they go, oh, that's, that's touching me. That's God's talking to me about that. And um, it's, it's really fun to just unfold that all together. But I was thinking over with Proverbs, I was thinking back to um, September holidays last year and went down and spent some time in the city with the boys and, you know, it was raining and there was a lot of rain. And so we're spending a lot of time walking with people in crowds and undercover and um, those sorts of things. And then one day we thought, well, let's go up Sydney Tower. And so we went up there and it was a decent afternoon and we got up there and suddenly, like, you know, you can just see. There's just nothing better than just getting up above everything and, and you can see the layout of the streets, you can see where the bridges are, you can see where the river goes down and where the coast is. And you suddenly remember that you're no longer just in this city surrounded by people and buildings and walls, and, but actually you're part of something bigger. You, you've got a bigger context that you fit into and that you're a part of. And everything makes sense, like the layout of things. And when we read Proverbs, it's a little bit like that. It's a little bit like we get taken up out of our own context and we see the lay of the land and how, how it all actually is supposed to fit in together. Because when we're down in that little context of ours and our little situations it all can get a bit blurry and a bit hard. But get ask God to take us up and above it and we can see things that we didn't think we could see. We gain perspective on this because, like, this is it's ancient. It really, it's an ancient wisdom. And it's actually not just something that's being inserted into our heads. It's actually something that's connecting us with the person of wisdom that's, that's a relational um, understanding, not, not just a head thing. And the best part of it, even though it's ancient, is actually still relevant today. No matter who we are, no matter what context we're in, these things are actually still relevant. And this morning we're going to be looking at relationships, one of our favourite <sighs> topics as people. <laughs> you know, because relations is, is one of those things where we constantly need wisdom. We constantly need some perspective on what's going on in our world. And, you know, particularly with our family and with our friends. How is it that God deals with this really important part of our world? What, what is his take on these things? And this week we read in Proverbs 8, verse 27 to 31. We read, I was there when he established the heavens when he drew the horizon on the oceans. I was there when he set the clouds above, when he established deep springs in the earth. 
I was there when he set the limits of the seas so they would not spread beyond their boundaries. And when he marked off the earth's foundations, I was the architect at his side. I was his constant delight, rejoicing always in his presence and how happy I was with the world he created and how I rejoiced with the human family. That's Jesus speaking, the ancient of days, the wisdom that comes out like he was there when all of this was established. This undergirding, Jesus, the person of wisdom, being the foundation of all that we see and all that we know. It's it's a wisdom that's wholesome, it's a wisdom that's good. So why not turn to this wisdom? when we need to work out how to do life, how to do relationships, how to do family, how to do friends. Like what better place? Because this is the thing that actually holds them together. So today, as we explore family and friends, we're going to look specifically at things like husband-wife situation, parent-child and friends. Because surprisingly enough, doesn't really talk about siblings in Proverbs. <laughs> it's like they don't exist. But really, I think it's more the fact that it's out of these relationships that other things flow, that other things make sense, that other things kind of fall into place. But I want you to remember something really important. Because sometimes when we read Proverbs, we can feel condemned or frustrated We can think it's not like that now. We can think, but society has shifted. We have to move with it. And we have to remember that, most importantly, we are individuals responding to this. That it's ultimately us and God that this is talking to. Wisdom is about looking at our own part in the story, our own part in the relationship, and acting according to what God shows us for that. We can't at all make another person work the way we want them to, (laughs) be in the relationship the way we want them to be in it, the way we think God wants them to be in it. And we can't point fingers when it's not worked, when it's failed us, when we've been hurt by things. We have to live our own life with integrity, with the knowledge that we've received from God and the wisdom that we get from him. And I really believe that when we do that, God works in us and through us and he heals things and he makes things whole and he enables us to cope with the situations that may be less than perfect. So please remember that as we go through. And in that remembering, you might find that there's things that you begin to reflect on. Like, how am I going in that place? Where am I at? You might find that there's places of forgiveness needed. You might need to forgive people where it's failed. Or you may need to be forgiven. And Jesus never leaves us in the same place. Whenever we meet him, whenever we're touched by him, whenever we hear things from him, it's not just to go, oh, that's nice. I might write that on a meme somewhere. (laughs) It's actually for us to move forward, 
to shift something, to change something. So think about it. What is it that God's speaking to me about in this place? Let God lead you. Let God speak to you. So let's start with the best thing, parents and children. Don't we all love that? <laughs> Isn't all great? Aren't we all children? Is everyone a child here at some point? Yep. See, I figured we'd start with that because everyone fits into that basket. Absolutely everyone. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, let's, Proverbs 1 verse 8 and 9 says, My child, listen when your father corrects you. <laughs> Jeff's favourite one to quote at the breakfast table. <laughs> And then I, I like the next bit, don't neglect your mother's instruction. <laughs> what you learn from them will crown you with grace and be a chain of honour around your neck. That's the way it's written in Proverbs. And we see that theme coming over and over. But I'm probably, you know, we hear the words listen and, and learn and, and those sorts of things. But I actually think we can probably sum that little part up in what the Ten Commandments say in Exodus. Just honour your father and your mother. And then you will live a long, full life. You know, we can get stuck on that. Now, listen to what Dad says and make sure you do what Mum says. And, you know, as children, which we've all been in that place, they're harsh things to hear. But it is also the way God designed families to work. <laughs> These things are, are the principles which make life work. And we hate hearing it because it goes against that thing that rubs against us and we want to just be independent. We want to be our own person. We want to discover it our own way. And that's really, really great. But, you know, when you walk in Proverbs 6, in their counsel, your parents, when it leads you. When you sleep, they will protect you. When you wake up, they will advise you. For their command is a lamp and their instruction a light. Their corrective discipline is the way to life. That's what God says. So that's the way I've designed it to work. I've designed it so that under godly parents... You'll do well if you listen. And we all know that feeling. But you just don't understand. <laughs> no one said that, have they, to their parents? Alan, did you say that to your parents ever? Or think it? Maybe you didn't. <laughs> I did. It's just, they just don't get it. But sometimes that's not the point. Wisdom's not always about, like, standing in that child's shoes and, and going, oh, yeah, I know, I can feel it like, so, yeah, maybe you can have it this way. Wisdom is like going up that tower and seeing it from another perspective and understanding a whole lot more that also is entailed in that. And I do, I do remember <laughs> one little incident... With one of my kids, it's all right, it wasn't Ben, so, you know, he's cut out of this. <laughs> no pointing fingers at him. But it was when one of my boys was really young and 
they were so frustrated with me. They just, I'm a bit determined and I don't budge very easily. And apparently I didn't understand. <laughs> apparently I just didn't understand. They were little. And I did this little exercise and I said, just come here behind the kitchen bench and squat down and tell me what you can see. A cupboard door? Yeah, a cupboard door, exactly. Now stand up. Now what can you see? Oh, I can see the clock, I can see this, I can see that. It's like, yes. It's like when we're down in our little hole, you know, just all we can see is the cupboard door. Like that's all we can see. But if we get lifted up above things, if we're given an element of wisdom that can see past our immediate circumstance, then so much more becomes clear. Now, I'd like to say that that child has always taken my wisdom. And of course, you know, that doesn't happen. We keep learning and, and learning. But it's something that even as adults with parents, it's still really good to remember. Even though we have grown up and we do understand things, there's still things ahead of us and still wisdom to learn and honour to be given to our parents. And the honour that we give to our parents, it goes beyond whether they have done parenting well or not. It's something we give people not because they deserve it, but because God asks us to give it. And it's in that place that God sees. And for parents, we have a responsibility to do this well. We have a responsibility to, to get God's take on things. Proverbs 22 says, direct your children into the right path. And when they're older, they will not leave it. We need to do that. We need to hear what God has to say. It's easy in our world today. It seems a really, you know, it seems a lot of the world is defaulting actually on responsibility. We do it in the guise of empowering our young people, our younger generation. But in the empowering, we actually are failing to equip them. And if we don't equip them, then their power is dangerous. Understanding does come from age. It does come from experience. And history is empowering. Understanding what has gone before us and the consequences of what happened in that across the whole world, not just our world, our nation, across generations, because when generations have rejected their history and experience, they've suffered. And we can read through the book of Kings and Chronicles, and there's enough to see that if only they'd read Proverbs, sorry, I hadn't, you know, well, it had been written. <laughs> if only they'd read it, that maybe it would have gone a little bit better. That shows the consequences of failing to pass on the wisdom of the age. And so, you know, we, we look out over these things and, um, and we think, oh, okay. 
So how do I, I do this thing? How, what is it in, in parenting and what is it that, can I just have a book? Can I, can I get one of those books from Kurong in how to be a Christian parent? <laughs> I'm not sure it works like that. Because we just need the wisdom of God in it. Because all of us are in different situations. All of us have different children. All of us are overseeing children, you know, that are individuals themselves. And the best part about this is that it allows, it allows for... Um, What do we, you know, in our world we like to think of kids as normal, I don't know, or we, we like to find different explanations for who they are and we give different acronyms to try and describe the way they operate or the way they think or the way they respond. But God doesn't do that. God just calls us children. And so... We need to take hold of his principles of life and let him unpack that for our individual things. And one of those principles that he says is discipline is good, no matter who you are. And it may be unpopular to be a parent, but to seek out wisdom for our individual children's situations, we can be the parent that we need to be. And likewise, discipline is not popular at all, but it's worth it. And God says it's wise in Proverbs 13 for a child to accept discipline. And it's wise in Proverbs 19 to discipline your children while there's hope. It even goes far to say that if, if we don't spank them, they might die. <laughs> you know, and we can read that and we go, oh, gee, we're not in that situation anymore. But what's the principle behind it? What is it saying that we should all pull out a stick? Like, let's go behind what God is saying and understand what is important to him. And what is important is God saying there's consequences in life and we can't avoid them. And so rather than advocating harm on our kids, Let's teach them about consequences. Let's find ways to show them that when this happens, this is going to happen. There's no way to avoid it because as they grow up, they can't avoid it. And in the end, we can help them and save them a lot of pain. And I have a little story that, like, it just shows this picture, but you need to kind of, play it out in different situations. But when I was, um, before I was married, I was living with a couple and they had their first baby when I was living with them. And, you know, this little girl was lovely and cute and everything, but as every little baby does, you know, they're not talking, they're not doing anything, but they're reaching on the coffee table, aren't they? And one day they kind of stuck something on the coffee table that was really nice, really desirable for this little kid. And 
just they sat there and she reached for it and they just flicked her hand and said no and they, she reached for it and they flicked her hand and she said no and she pulled it away. And it's this simple little exercise that causes no harm to anyone. But gradually it's teaching her that when I say no, I mean it. And when I say no, there's consequences. And what it enables is it means that that child didn't pull any hot coffee cups over her. That they could teach things through just a little example of how to go about, how to instill in a child a sense of consequences. And that's a lot less painful than boiling water. And so this is, you know, God's trying to say, take hold of these things. Take hold of all these little bits and pieces and ask me, what is it for you? Where does that fit in for you? How do you take hold of my principles and how do you bring that to your children? And the last thing that I think, you know, God really sees when he's dealing with us as, as parents and children is that he sees joy. He just sees joy. He sees that this relationship that we should have with our parents, that we should have with our kids, would, should be one that's filled with joy. Proverbs 23, he says, The father of godly children has cause for joy. What a pleasure to have children who are wise. So give your father and mother joy. May she who gave you birth be happy. <laughs> Do you make your parents happy? Do you? Like as adults, do we make our parents happy? I think sometimes I still frustrate my dad. But I should be making him happy. Like that's my role as a child, is to bring joy into our relationship. And parents, you know, find the joy in your kids. They're not there to be smart. They're not there to be famous. They're not there to be good. They're there as your children. And in that, that's something to celebrate. They are there to be a celebration of life in your family and to bring you joy. I know all of this seems like it's really instructional. <laughs> But that's what Proverbs is bringing us. It's going, life is just practical sometimes. We can, we can have wonderful, lofty, theological thoughts, but sometimes we have to just bring it down to the everyday and where it's going to hit home and where it's going to hit us. And so that does hit us in marriage sometimes. And again, this is a situation where there's so many different complications happen over life. But this is how God sees for it to be. This is how he would love it to have been if it had been a perfect world. <laughs> he sees that marriage is exclusive. And he sees that marriage is honouring. And even though in Proverbs it's kind of, there's you know, it's often one-sided. Like we need to remember that it goes two ways. That um, guys, 
you can't be dripping taps either. <laughs> it's not good enough just to say, girls, stop being annoying. It goes both ways. That, um, you know, and it goes both ways for honour. It's not just about the, uh, the guys being honourable in a marriage. It's also about the girls being honourable. A relationship is about two people and both of them seeking God in the middle of it. Proverbs 5 it says, Drink from your own well, share your love only with your husband and wife. You should reserve it for yourselves, never share it with strangers. Let your wife be a fountain of blessing for you. Rejoice in the wife of your youth. Those sorts of things are just showing the honour that is important in marriage, that it's something that God holds up very high. And when we live in a relationship that is honouring, it speaks life and blessing to all those around us. And in those situations, you know, there's things that happen and there's less than perfect situations in our world today. But in every single place, God has wisdom for you. He has a way for yes to reflect on something, for yes to have forgiveness or give forgiveness, show forgiveness. And he has a way to move forward. He has a way to go from here. He never leaves us in a place when we ask him for help. And the same thing goes for friends. Proverbs is very good at showing what not to be in a friend as well as what to be in a friend. And the two things that came out for me about what not to be in a friend is don't be a financial friend. <laughs> Just don't go there. You know, in Proverbs 19, it says, wealth makes many friends, but poverty drives them away. You know, it's not wise to step in to a place where friendship is based on finance, on money. It's just sensible. It's not about what others can do for you or what you can do for them. And friendship is it's also not to be undisciplined. It's not a free-for-all. Just because you're a friend with someone, it doesn't mean you can blurt out anything. It's not wise to be a friend that has a negative effect on people. I did like this one. It said, a loud and cheerful greeting early in the morning will be taken as a curse. <laughs> That's why bagpipes are not allowed in our house before 9 o'clock. <laughs> I don't think that I'd like my neighbours to be friends. <laughs> You know, and it just, it's, those sorts of things matter in friendships. So what do we be? What is it to be a friend? We're to be loyal. Proverbs 17 says, love prospers when a fault is forgiven. But dwelling on it separates close friends. A friend is always loyal and a brother is born to help in time of need. That's what friends are. They're loyal. They stick there through thick and thin. Even when that person may not be popular, even when that person may be in trouble somehow, friendship sticks with them, walks with them. 
but is not blind to things either. Because friendship also knows truth. And Proverbs 27 reminds us that wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. The heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. So it's really important to be a friend that is not afraid to bring truth as well. To be a friend that can sit down and go, you know what, maybe you shouldn't have spoken like that. To be a friend that goes, maybe that decision that you're stepping into right now is not the best thing for you. How about we pray about it together? How about we walk through this together? Because we don't want to be a friend that watches someone fall down. We want to be a friend that walks with them. Friendship doesn't always have to be sugar-coated. But truth delivered in love is important as well. Jeff, do you want to jump up? You know, these practical things, sometimes we can read them and think they're dry and they're just swinging us back and forth. But these words that God had for us are relevant today still. They can speak into our situations, our relationships. And and they, they go across culture. They grow across generations. They go across what society might dictate and be thinking. It's important not to look at the face value of things, but go deep into what God is saying. That comes with relationship with Him. It comes with walking with God. So that we don't just kind of lay down the letter of the law in places. But we actually walk with God and go, how does this affect me? How does this speak to me? What is it that I need to shift or change or how am I going in this area? And as we walk through that with God, like he may bring areas in our world that we need to forgive. Because we may not have come from a family where our parents knew Jesus. And they weren't undergirding their parentage with these principles. And hurt has happened. But God allows for those things. He allows for things to go wrong in forgiveness. He knew it was going to happen. There's no mistake. He knew what was in our hearts. He created us that way because he loves us, because he wanted us to know that in him there is complete love. And in him he can teach us how to walk through our world. And it's in him that we, we find our own forgiveness for the bits that we've got wrong. 
And it's in him that we can extend forgiveness where things have not gone right for us and we've been hurt. And when we, when we find that, when we see that, when we understand that, then he doesn't leave us in that place. He doesn't want us to wallow in that space. He wants us to take a step forward, to take a step forward in healing things where we can do that or just giving us wisdom in how to carry on with the next part of a relationship, whatever that is, whether it's a parent, a child, husband, a wife, or just a friend. words for each and every one of us to speak deep into us and I just think right now just as we're sitting here we can ask God for those things, we can ask God for that wisdom we can thank him that he is so far above us, so far above culture and our society, that he knows exactly where to go next. If you find that things rise up in you and you just want to pray with someone, I know that Alan and Wendy be ready down the front here and they're more than happy to just to you know, come and see them. God, we just we thank you. We thank you that you are the source of wisdom. We thank you in the mess of our world, in the millions of complications that we bring up in relationships. That you have an undergirding wisdom that fits them all. And that you personally are ready to teach us. I thank you that you forgive me. And I thank you that you teach me forgiveness. Show me where to go next.